This is the Take Your Meds podcast, your safe space to explore how you can brighten up your life from the inside out. We're diving deep into the different medicine millennials take to turn their light on. Season one gives some insights into how you can navigate your quarter life crisis and find the confidence to be your authentic self. On this episode, I sit down with my dear friend, Lehigh Duncan. Listen in to hear how being in your body turns into medicine. Do you have an intention? I guess my intention yeah, is to recognise that the people in front of me are the most important thing in any given moment. Um, my intention is to be present with those people and in turn being present to who I am and what my needs are. And by responding to the people in front of me, I become more in tune with how I need to respond to how I'm doing. That's the T. That's the tea. That is amazing. I think as as part of that, my intention is to live a humble life um, and recognizing humility as not just I guess I guess in the Western world, we kind of have an understanding of humility as like I'm not good enough where my understanding of humility is recognizing that I have these weaknesses, but I also have these strengths. And so this is where I fit within life, within my community, my family, etc. So within that, there's this idea that I've been toying around with that I don't know that I can explain well enough yet, but toying with the idea of insignificance and the power of being insignificant because if I act alone, I can't change anything. So my significance comes from my relationships with others. And so the power of insignificance is uh, found in community because I can't change climate change or poverty or anything like that nor is it my sole responsibility to do that Mm. but with others we can Mm -hmm. and it is our responsibility as a collective gosh that is so good that's my intention holy shit okay well we just went there (laughs) welcome to the podcast Yeah, kia ora Lehigh. Thanks for coming on this podcast. And I have to say, Take Your Meds as a name came from a conversation that we had in a cafe over coffee talking about this idea. And I just want to honour you and say thank you for bringing forward those words that really landed a concept that I was trying to get out into the world and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for our friendship and for, yeah, the space that you create in, um, in the different, if in the different spaces and places that you occupy, 
it's yeah been really inspiring to watch your journey over the last couple of years and yeah I'm inspired by you thanks Gemma um yeah right back at you to be honest I think yeah our friendship's always uh been one that's supported each other but also challenged each other I think and yeah, upon reflection on, on this name, I think, you know, taking meds has often been seen as a negative thing. Um, and I guess, you know, what, what you're doing here is you're reframing what medicine is. Mm. Um, and it's it, it's a practice of self-care, right? Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, absolutely taking, you know, certain pills that can help your, your mood or uh, your body absolutely is one form of self-care. Mm. Um, but at the same time, yeah, what, what you're recognizing and exploring with this podcast, I, I guess, is what are the other medicinal things that, that you can do uh, to support your well-being. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for me, take your meds, I think, is a is a really cool way to, to reframe that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so true. And I love taking my meds every night as well. So let's just say every, that. Every morning for me. Yes, go, you good thing. I just pulled this card, but I'm just like wild because that's the card that was pulled before. And I'm oh. just like, I should not doubt. Sorry, coming back, coming back, coming back, Gemma. Never doubt what comes through. And so that is the card. So trust in the plan with this beautiful artwork. We've got the Alana Fairchild Lightworker Oracle Guidebook in front of us. What does this bring? Does this bring anything up for you? Like as you look into the imagery, the words, the numbers, the colors, the experience, is there anything that that like brings up in you? Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, the idea of trusting in the plan, I think for me, again, going back to the idea of being insignificant, you know, I can put as much planning into my own life or my own day or my own growth as I as I want to, but at the end of the day, you know, that's all reliant on others. Um, that's all reliant on certain experiences, and I can't create those experiences myself. I can't create who I need in my life. Um, so I guess, yeah, trusting in, in, in the idea that my own space within the community or within the cosmos is fueled by a greater uh, being, energy, God, whatever resonates with you, but um, that has a has a plan to connect you in with what you need to be connected in. Mm. Faith. Mm. Faith. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the what this has to say. So I'm just going to read something from this book. Just notice whatever stands out if you're listening. There may be a word, there may be a sentence, there may be a felt sense. Whatever resonates is perfect for you. In preparation for radical growth, there can be temporary disorder and chaos. While the mind may worry that something is going wrong, the spirit knows that this is a way for the old to disassemble so the new can be formed. Although you may feel out of control during such times, you do not need to resist the process. There is no need to attempt to impose your own sense of order upon the greater plan. You do not need to seek solutions for as there is no problem here in need of solving. What has been is being cleared away in preparation for the next chapter of your life. Have faith, all is well. 
I feel like this is like so true for me right now. It's like definitely my life stage of like pretty much allowing everything that was familiar, real and true to fade. And I have uncoupled from my partner. I have stepped down from a role in an organization that I've built for the last five years. And it's scary for sure. And I'm just trusting the universe. I don't know what the next move is. I don't know what the next steps are. And this is me just like living out that value of trust and faith that everything is as it should and in the disorder and chaos, peace arrives. Mm. And I think I think that's that's a really good point around, you know, finding that peace within that disorder. I think for everyone, uncertainty is uncomfortable. And we're kind of told uh, that we need to be in control of our lives. We need to be in control of what we're doing, where we're doing it, how we're doing it when in actual fact it's okay to relinquish that control mm-hmm. and to try and find, I guess, yeah, for me, I find peace in knowing that actually it's not up to me. Mm-hmm. It's um, so liberating, yeah, eh? <laughs> absolutely. And I think, again, that kind of goes back to um, the power of insignificance and knowing that actually it isn't up to me to solve this problem or it isn't up to me to necessarily have the answers to my own dysfunction. Mm. it's up to me to own that dysfunction it's up to me to work through it but it's not up to me to know exactly what I need to do Mm. and we find that through connection whether that's with a therapist or a psychologist or your community or meaningful work or anything like that but trusting that at the end of the day you can find peace knowing that things are falling into place behind you and in front of you (laughs) Yes, yes, this is so good. Have you learned how to discern between when you need to make a plan and use your thinking mind and when you just need to like let it go and let it flow? That's a really good question. I think my my first uh, response a while ago was always to make a plan. Um, I remember... I was working with a neuropsychologist for a while, um, working through some head injury stuff back in the day, and um, he asked me what acceptance was. And I said, trying to do all you can to change something and then being okay with it when it doesn't work. And he said, no, acceptance is not trying to change anything and being okay with it. Not for the people at the back. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, you know, that really unlocked something for me where – my first response now is to sit on what's going on, sit on that uncertainty um, and to just gain, I don't know, I guess a little bit more clarity around what's going on, how I'm feeling in response to that. Um, And then moving forward from there, Mm -hmm. um, I guess, you know, you can put all this work into changing certain aspects of your life, but if you're not, in a place of acceptance before you change those things, then you're not going to find the change that you need. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do you find clarity? What, what, how do you like zoom out and make space for reflection? Yeah. So this is where, where my motorbike comes in, I guess. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Anyone who rides a motorbike will say, you know, it's, 
silly things about how freeing it is and how how exciting it is. And I was talking with a friend about this a, a while ago, and he was really pressing me to kind of try and f- explain what goes on when you're riding a motorcycle. Um, and I think for me, yeah, for me, you know, taking your meds is uh, going for a, a motorcycle ride. Um, and that's partly because you have to be fully in tune with your body. Otherwise, A, you might die. Um, or, you know, and, and B, because you need to know how your body is responding and you need to be in control of what your body is doing um, in order to stay safe. Um, but for me, by being fully present in what your body is doing, what your body is feeling, I am then able to find clarity in my emotions and my thoughts um, while obviously still paying attention to the road. Um, for me, it, it's a really cool kind of way to do some inner thinking, find some inner clarity while also doing a different task. Mm-hmm. I guess being who I am, I don't like just kind of sitting still and and the idea of you know meditation, for example, to me personally, feels like a waste of time because I'm always putting pressure on myself to do something, be out there. And I'm also an active relaxer. So mm. for me, riding a motorcycle, you know, allows me, yeah, to be fully present with with my body, which then leads to being fully present with how I'm feeling, which leads to being fully present in that clarity space around who am I? What do I need to do about this? Do I need to do anything about how I'm feeling? Um, and yeah, going from there. This is so deep and so good. Like I'm just really sitting with the thing around like being in your body so that you can feel Mm. like that's, that's huge in a world where especially men don't feel safe to express their emotions or haven't got the skills and tools to express their emotions. Do you find that when you're writing emotions are come come up and you're able to release them yeah yeah definitely i mean i i'm i consider myself quite a reserved person apart from when i'm laughing um but yeah definitely so you know when, when i'm on the motorcycle absolutely you, you're able to kind of exaggerate the different emotions that, that you're feeling and it's not like i'm like riding the motorcycle and weeping for example <laughs> <laughs> um, it's but that quite, would be okay yeah, absolutely that would be absolutely. okay um but yeah definitely i i think you know there is that real rush of adrenaline obviously when you're riding the motorcycle and i think that also helps to unleash some you know bottled up emotions which you know as a man you're told are unhealthy to show or explore uh such as you know sadness or anger Mm. um but at the end of the day because of you know, because riding a motorcycle for me is so freeing, um, you know, I get back from a ride and I'm full again. You know, I, I, I don't have that anger or that frustration that I that I left with. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's not as if, you know, these, these emotions kind of boil over to the surface, but it's more about a release, mm. I guess. Um, and I think, yeah, being fully present in your body really helps that. And yeah, for me, it's riding a motorcycle for others. It might be meditation for others. It might be yoga. Yeah. Might be going to the gym, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think, I think it definitely starts in that presence of how is my body feeling right mm. now? Mm. It's definitely a theme that I've noticed. 
a lot in conversations with people that like in general people don't know how to be in their body. They're like in their head, in their mind, thinking, analysing, reflecting in the past, anxious in the future, like depressed, whatever it is. They're just like all over the place and not just like five things I can hear, five things I can touch, five things I can smell, five things I can sense. Like that's so foreign for people but can understand why because of so many different traumas that people have experienced that there actually is, there isn't a sense of safety in the body. And so to kind of realize the importance of that and then have a ritual in place to connect with your body, notice how you're feeling and just love whatever arises is really beautiful. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for a lot of us, we're always in battle with our bodies and particularly for, for women as well, you know, and, and I think our body is often kind of viewed as the enemy or something that is almost external to ourselves because it's looked at, it's it's touched, it's um, used as a, a, a vehicle to carry our brain to another meeting, you know, it's, it's something that we often don't feel in control of uh, and there's a lot of pressure on the body to be mm. a certain way. And so I think, Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think being able to reclaim your own body in a way that, sorry, no, hang on. What am I trying to say? Being able to be present in your body allows you to reclaim it as yours. Ooh, put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember. And again, this is getting pretty deep, but uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I, um, left my partner um, after she punched me in the face. And two days later, I was on a tattoo bed getting my, my back tattooed. And for me, again, that was a really grounding experience that put me back in my body. Mm. Um, you know, after that experience with, with my ex, um, yeah, my body felt not mine. You know, it felt unsafe. Um, I'm sure a lot of people can, can sort of resonate with that mm. in their own way. But, um, yeah, being able to just lie down for six hours and feel, wow. you know, feel, feel a needle, which, you know, um, is painful, but feeling that kind of space, or sorry, having that space and time to just lie there, be still, be present, mm. really brought clarity to not only how I was feeling, but also back into Actually, my, my body is mine. Mm. Holy shit, the courage. It's the courage for me. <laughs> like to realize that what was going on for you and then to actually still choose yourself because mm. that was a choice point. You could have continued disassociating, but you chose to love yourself and get back in your body mm. in a way that felt good for you, which is just courage. I appreciate it. Yeah, so much courage. Oh, so good, so good. And it's like what in that moment at that choice point encouraged you to get back in your body and get the tattoo and, and do what you know you needed to do versus disassociating? Mm. Like do you have any awareness around that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't think I've really kind of dwelt on that um, too much, but I guess – Yeah, I guess for me, I value being in control of myself. 
Mm. I value self-control. Um, and, you know, that's part of the reason why I don't drink alcohol, for example, you know, is, is so that I can be in control of myself and my actions. Um, and so I guess, yeah, not feeling in control of my body uh, following that, that altercation, um, yeah, it was incredibly uh, nauseating, I guess, you know. And mm. so for me, yeah, I thought actually, okay, the first thing that I can do is reclaim my sense of ownership of my own body. Um, and, yeah, for me that was yeah, lying on a tattoo bed for six hours mm. um, and, yeah, not being able to move, you know, yeah. not, not being able to do anything else but be there. Be there. Yeah, wow. Absolutely, be present. Thank you for sharing this. I know that this is going to really resonate for someone listening and I'm sure that was a really fucking dark time. So thank you for being vulnerable and opening up about that so that someone might um, might discover something within themselves mm. that might be in need of lying on a tattoo bed for six hours. But maybe not that. Maybe not being <laughs> on a tattoo bed. But whatever makes you feel good to come back into your body after a challenging circumstance, a traumatic time. Mm. Let this be a warm hug to encourage you that um, you can come back into your body and um, it may not be instant, it may not be overnight, but what are those small little things when you ask your body, how can I come home to you? Whatever arises, that's what it is. Okay, let's talk authenticity and like self-expression. What does it mean to you to live an authentic life? And what does it mean to be expressed? These are very good questions. Um, yeah, authenticity for me, living an authentic life, um, I think again comes down to the connections that you have with people. Uh, I think it's it's often easier to be honest and open with others than it is with yourself. And so I think, you know, through our relationships, we can be our our authentic selves, really. Mm. Um, you know, you should be surrounded by people that not only can you support and love and bring the best out of, but who are also doing the same for you, mm. um, who are also helping you to be more of who you are. And, and I think often, you know, that's viewed as your partner's role or your spouse's role or whatever. But I think, you know, that's really anyone that you have a close connection with um, can really bring out your authenticity through the depth of your relationship. Mm. Um, and so I think for me, yeah, li living an authentic life starts with having strong relationships with people that I care about and support, but who I know care about me and support me as well. Mm, nice. Um, and then, yeah, expression, I think, um, comes from a place of self-awareness and, and self-care. So, um, yeah, I dress a certain way. I have a lot of tattoos. I ride a motorcycle. You know, these these are all expressions of, of who I am. But at the same time, as we kind of touched on before, you know, the, those tattoos are also a mechanism for me to um, – reclaim my body or to or to be present in my body the motorcycle was also um not only bitching but <laughs> but also you went there i did <laughs> um but also a place for me to reclaim 
my presence in, in my body. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, for me, I guess, you know, self-expression comes down to um, how I look after myself. Mm. Mm. That's cool. Mm. So to be expressed is to be in your body. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a cool way to put it. And I think because for me, I mean, I I talk with my hands quite a lot and I unfortunately take up a lot of space when I, you know, talk. Um, but at the same time, you know, that that is me expressing my words. Um, whereas, yeah, I guess me expressing who I am takes up the same amount of space. Hmm. Or, or, you know, it should. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I definitely feel like there's there's a narrative that's like don't take up space, mm. which is like I think to challenge that is this conversation of like actually for me to be in my body, for me to be me, I'm taking up space, even if that is going to annoy other people, even if that's going to frustrate other people. Something I'm learning about, if you're not turning anyone off you're not turning anyone on and so to let go of the people pleasing and like mm. I think definitely the the culture at times has been that I've experienced here in New Zealand has been one that's really just like ah, oh, she'll be right and let's just go with the flow and like don't do anything that stands out too much from what is the majority and I think the more that I come into my authenticity, into my expression, I'm realizing that it's none of those things and that it actually does um, create a response in other people. But at the end of the day, I live with me and I want to go to bed every night knowing that I was authentic in my values, in my truth, in my connection to spirit and fucking everything because I live with me. And so I've tried living without being connected to those things. And I feel like I'm just wearing a mask and it's like really difficult to reconcile that life when it's not actually authentic for me. So, but I just picked up and picked up what I thought I needed to do so that everyone else would be okay at the expense of myself. So I'm saying bye to that. Bye. <laughs> For sure. And I, I, I would imagine, you know, that there's probably more pressure on women to do that or, or to have that response, mm -hmm. um, to not take up space, to not live out who you are. And, and yeah, particularly for our mothers as well, you know, yeah. um, who are, are often uh, the predominant carer in the household, mm -hmm. um, who are often sacrificing Everything, everything, um, to to support their their children, you know. And I think, absolutely, you know, if you are a woman in the workplace, in the community, at home, if you're a mother, you know, you still need to be able to have opportunities for you to, you know, stand up straight and and take up space and yes, and demand your your space within the room. Yes, yes, which requires us to re take up space within ourselves. Mm. That's what I'm learning. Reclaiming your body as yours. Yes. Yes. And definitely in my journey in motherhood, I can, that shit's hard. That's not getting your kid in cute outfits and taking photos for Instagram. That, that is not what motherhood <laughs> <laughs> is. So I really appreciate you acknowledging the mamas because 
a lot of that work is so unseen. And uh, like, I, I even had the thought before I went on maternity leave, I was like, you know, like I work a really like dynamic, fast paced job. Nothing's going to be as hard as this. Like I'm going to have all this free time. And it couldn't have been anything further from the truth. By far the hardest role I've ever had is being a mother and it's the most rewarding. But, yeah, that, like, being at home all day, it's like, yeah, you're at home all day doing everything. Mm. It's Mm. wild. Mm. Yeah. (sighs) Love that. Okay. We're going going to a new space. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. What's been your biggest unlearning? Mm. (laughs) Um, my biggest unlearning has been that um, I'm not a, a, a useless sack of shit. Nice. <laughs> Empowered. <laughs> um, yeah, again, you know, kind of going going back to uh, my previous relationship, you know, um, yeah, there was uh, a, a culture of me not being enough, uh, not doing enough, et cetera, et cetera. So my biggest unlearning, and, and again, that comes back to that hu- humility space, you know, that, that false humility of I'm not good enough, um, of I don't deserve to take up space. Um, I don't deserve to be present in my body. Um, you know, and then learning that true humility is recognizing your place and space and right. Um, and so, yeah, over the last couple of years, I think that's kind of been my my biggest journey around actually kind of taking back ownership of my body, taking back space, um, taking back opportunities for me to recognize my own worth Mm. um, and what my contribution to relationships really is. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's huge. That's Mm. heart work. Mm. That's the heart work. How have you been able to work through those belief systems? Yeah, in in all honesty, I think probably the biggest help for me has been recognizing my role within my own family, Um, you know, talking about my my parents and siblings um, and recognizing, you know, what what I can bring to to them. Um, I've got three sisters, one brother, uh, all of my sisters are mums, you know, they've all got kids. Um, And I guess for me, you know, kind of recognizing that actually my role within the family is to support my parents, uh, not with children uh, or grandchildren, I should say, but um, with time and um, the other privileges that I've got through through my my mahi, you know, like disposable income and all that kind of thing. Mm, powerful. Mm. That's cool. Showing up in a in a way that's actually your truth, like you actually are enough. Like your mm. enoughness is innate, mm, and mm. so in that you showing up with your family just being that mm. is the reframing of those old beliefs for sure yeah, yeah that's cool mm. so we've talked about the bike and being in your body as medicinal is there anything else you want to touch on any other rituals or practices that set you up for freedom yeah i really like being by myself Yes. Um, yes. Me and a friend have a have a joke around how you know everyone has different love languages. You know, some of those are gifts, some of those are quality time. You know, our our love language is just being left the hell alone. <laughs> <That's> so good. <laughs> you know, so um, 
yeah, on, on, on the weekend, I will just go to a cafe and sit there by myself, have a coffee, and, you know, I'll, I'll have my laptop and I'll be doing life admin or, um, l- you know, little things like that or reading or whatever, but that's just time for me to just be me, mm. um, to just be by myself, mm. have some of, you know, God's nectar mm. in the form of coffee, um, and... <laughs> And um, just just chill out and just not have any uh, expectations on myself. Mm. Um, yeah, that for me is is really grounding, particularly you know after a long week at work or um, yeah or or you know after a week of not having the opportunity to really or not carving out the opportunity for me to look after myself. Thank you for the reframe. <laughs> I see you reframe. Nice. Um, but, yeah, just being able to just sit there, no expectations on myself, um, have coffee, be present in the moment. Um, yeah, that really helps me to kind of rest. That's so good. That's so good. Recalibration. Mm. Yeah, and that's something that I think, I don't know, is that like a popular thing? To like spend time alone. Like, how know. many people do you know that are like, "Fuck yes!" But like, I'm I'm going to take myself out for dinner or a coffee or a walk or mm. whatever, so that I can be in my own company. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm probably the least cool cool person you know. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah, yeah. I got a motorbike and got tattoos, but I'm boring as hell. Like, I'm just gonna sit at a cafe by myself. Um, I think it's really healthy though. Mm. Like I think it's so healthy to have that relationship with yourself. Like otherwise, how do you know where you're at? Totally, totally. You know, and now I, I often sort of think around, you know, if I was to get into another relationship, for example, like I know that I am not in a space where I wouldn't I'm 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 in a space where I would bring in my existing dysfunction, right? Um, which still needs to be worked on. And if I'm not taking time out by myself to be able to just chill out, rest, be by myself, mm-hmm. then I know that I'm not actively working to resolve some of those dysfunctions. Yes. That's um, real talk. Mm, That's and, so important. And I think, you know, absolutely, we, we all have dysfunctions that um, are unhealthy or, you know, we've we've learned through previous life experiences and we're not – ever going to get rid of any of them you know per se but i think as long as we are aware of what those dysfunctions are we won't be letting them stop us from doing what we want to do and being who mm. we want to be mm. i don't know how we got onto that train of thought but it's perfect this is exactly where we're meant to be mm. it's so fascinating i've been really sitting with this like a turn of phrase that keeps coming up for me is something called parts work or shadow work which is definitely like in the world of psychology, like some of these frame framings that um, academics and whatever put around these different components of the human experience. And the parts work is so interesting. It's like, how can I love and accept all of me, even the bits that I was shamed for in my upbringing, either by my parents where we were punished either by our teachers where we were punished, by friends or peers where we were shamed 
or where that part of us was expressed and then created guilt and or judgments or criticisms. And so to love and accept all the parts of you and create your own inner sense of safety and belonging so that you can be all of you is something that I'm just journeying with because I'm just like, oh, my God, there's like realising that there are parts that I don't accept, therefore are kept in the shadow, therefore cause shame and guilt. And it's just like, well, what if I was to just love what arises and love those parts and in giving more love, not less love, how do they then empower me to transcend the dysfunctional components of them? Mm. And is that possible? Was like you're saying, it's like, is it just to love and accept? Or is there something that you can do with a growth edge on these parts because they're actually all gifts and they're w- all with you for a particular reason? But I don't know. I'm just like journeying with it. I didn't really, I was like holding it lightly, just exploring what does that mean? And so then to sit in stillness with it is like, oh, what are the feelings that come up when I accept that is me? Oh, that's interesting. I just need to go and scream. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, but I, I, I think, you know, that, that comes back to what we were saying before around, um, you know, if you don't accept these parts of you, you won't accept what they become. So if you're working on these things that you are shameful of about who you are or, or, or about your body, you will never get to a point where you are comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But if you come to a place of acceptance of, yeah, I'm a little chubby around the waist or, yeah, I am i don't have, you know, the body of Captain America yet, yet. Comma yet. Um, yet. Um, <laughs> you know, then you will never be satisfied by the amount of hard work that you put in. Mm. Um, mm. So I think, Interesting. yeah, the, the idea of, of, you know, coming to a place of acceptance of – who you are and and what you've been shamed for, what you've been made guilty for, mm-hmm. I think is is yeah a huge piece of work to a huge piece of work to. Um, <laughs> My stomach's full grumbling. <laughs> Can you hear that? Yeah, yeah. I heard that. nice. <laughs> so did everyone listening? Cool, 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 <laughs> cool beans. <laughs> Sorry, you were deep in like a a special message for the universe. <laughs> Your body was sending its own message. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, yeah, accepting those parts of you that have been shamed and have been um, used against you mm-hmm. uh, I think is is crucial to you becoming who you want to be. Yes. Yes. And I think mine, mine are like tendencies or like traits, like being a woman – that is assertive, is viewed as bossy and um, controlling, say. Mm, mm. And it's just been like, oh, that's interesting. Actually, I do know what I want and I go and get it. Ah, I could love and accept that part of me and then allow that to move through me in a more powerful way in align with my values. For sure. If it becomes self-serving, which is like, to your point about the quality of the relationships in your life and the communities that you're involved in, the depth. Oh, my gosh, my stomach. (laughs) Okay, we're going to go and eat soon. (laughs) I love and accept my stomach rumbling. (laughs) 
I love you. I don't. Um, like, yeah. So what does it mean then? If I'm, if I'm lovingly held into the highest version of myself because of the relationships that I cultivate in my life, the transparency that I create, the vulnerability that I create, and then own the parts of me that have been shamed and punished and weaponized against me, then fuck, what's going to be possible? Like, whew. Absolutely. Let's Absolutely. go. And, and I think to your point, and this is where I get all anti-capitalist. Go there. Where's your manifesto? <laughs> <laughs> Have you brought it? I'm, I'm writing it. No. Um, oh, God. But no, absolutely. You know, uh, we, we are told that we are not enough from day one by the media, by billboards, by magazines, by videos online, by TikToks, by Instagram. You know, and I think for us to really have control over our own lives, we need to come to a place of acceptance of who we are, how we are, what we look like, all that kind of thing. And I've kind of lost my train of thought. Sick. Cool, 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 beans. <laughs> now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> Swipe up now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Okay. No. You know, and it's all perfect. Mm. It's all perfect. Mm. But I think reclaiming yourself, reclaiming your body, reclaiming who you are is the biggest fuck you to capitalism. Fuck yes! Because they don't want you in control of your body. They don't want you in control of who you are. They want you wanting more. They want you hating yourself so that you buy more. And I think when we love who we really are and we really get to a point of, of, of acceptance of who we are, absolutely there's still things that, that you can work on and grow and change, but then you're in control of that, mm. not... A system. Yeah. I love that you mentioned this because I've really been journeying with capitalism. Oh, haven't we all? Like, <laughs> well, for our whole lives. <laughs> But just like, I don't know, I just am in this space where it's like, so when I do everything you've just said, how do I get to play that game in a way that's beneficial for people and the planet mm. and the raising of consciousness for for humanity? Mm. Mm. And how can I play that game with love running through my veins and my decision-making and my strategy and my, like, what does it look like to play that game from the place of I'm in my body, I'm owning who I am, I'm taking up space, I know my truth, I know I'm being called to do this, I know I want to serve in that way. Where does that, what does that, I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. I'm just exploring this and curious about it because for so long I was like, fuck you. But it's like actually where I'm at at the moment is that I truly believe that abundance is in all its forms is trying to make its way to me and that I am I am a block or a um, magnet mm. for abundance. Mm. Mm. And so knowing that capitalism is a system in which abundance can flow, how might I play that in a way that if I do hold and when I do hold money, as, and I consider money as a neutral energy. Holding it with the current set of values that I have, 
would amplify a world that would be better because of those core values around consciousness, around regeneration, around love. Like how do I then spend money? Well, it would be a vote for the world that I'm trying to create anyways. But yeah, I'm just curious, like I'm holding my ideas lightly around Mm, this and kind mm. of like speaking to make sense of what I've been noticing. But what are your views? Yeah, I I guess I I connect it again back to community and people and again kind of going back to the the idea of, you know, the power of insignificance to to shift and change things. Um if I am one person who is in, in charge of my own body, my own self, my own thoughts, um that's great for me. But um if I'm part of a community of people who are in charge of their own bodies, who are connected to their own selves, that's a movement that can shift and create change, mm. right? And absolutely, there are a number of systems within our society uh, that I am unhappy with and that I wish to challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that, it, first of all, it's not up to me to change any of these things. I know that I can't mm-hmm. change any of these things. But I have the belief that if I'm in a community of people that want to change these things, then we can. Mm. That's a cool reframe. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, you know, it's less about, and, and that's not to say that I don't have, um, or, that, or that my actions don't matter. I'm saying that in the grand scheme of things, my actions are insignificant unless it is part of a movement. Mm. Fuck, that's so good. That's really good. Thank you for receiving that. Mm, okay, one last question before we wrap things up. Um, what piece of advice would you give your younger self? Take your time. Slow down. You know, um, yes, work hard, but be present in that hard work. Mm. You know, um, I used to uh, manage a youth centre. Um, and that was probably the most fun I've had in my, you know, professional or, or working life. Um, and I absolutely don't have the energy to, to do that again, Mm. but I miss the, the present feeling of running that, that youth center with, you know, a really close group of friends, you know? Mm. And, and so I guess, you know, being able to slow down and be present in those times, um, I think for me would have <clears throat> would have helped me to to really kind of grow from that space. And so I guess you know my my advice to my young self is just slow down and be present. Nice. Um, absolutely, you know, work hard for who you will be, and 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 what you will do. But yeah, recognize where you're at. Nice. Nice. That resonates. Um, okay. Well, if people want to connect with you, Lehi, how are they going to connect? Um, I'm a bit of an enigma online, so I've got a, um, I've got a private Instagram. Nice. Um, so if you want to chuck me a cheeky request follow, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh, do you blog? Do you? I don't. You hey. don't blog. Uh, nah, I, I sort of want to. Yeah. See, and then you this draw. is 
I do, yeah. kind of. Yeah, no, I do. But I don't know. I, I, you know, I have all these thoughts and, and things and then I just don't put them into action. Yet. Yet. Watch YouTube out. channel coming soon. <laughs> You're right. Um, no, nah, man, give me a cheeky follow on Instagram and um, maybe I'll be a bit more outspoken on there. Nice. Nice. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time. I've loved this episode. There's so much tea in there, so many things you can put on a T-shirt. Um, and, yeah, I just want to say thank you for going there. Thank you for going deep. Thank you for being real. Thank you for honouring your own lived experience and bringing up some things that were definitely a challenging part of your story. Um, and it's just so inspiring to see who you are and how you shop in the world now despite it all which is amazing. So thanks for coming on and sharing your truth. Mm, and thank you for providing a, a space for us to do that. Of course. It feels so joyful for me. I love doing this. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to our special guest. This is your chance to take a moment for yourself and really reflect on what's landed for you over this episode. Yep, right now. Pull over in the car, stop working, take a minute and write it down and turn that into one actionable goal so that you can integrate and apply what's come to light in this episode into your life. If you're picking up what we're putting down, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button to be the first to hear when the next squeeze of Audible Juice is live in a new app. If you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please slide into my DMs on Instagram. See you next time. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.